Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. The show contains objectionable language. Listener discretion is advised. What? 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 You want my comments? What? 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 Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another round of the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Carlos, the wrestling movie guy, accompanied by my partner in crime, James, a.k.a. J-Dash. What up, what up, what up? We hope you guys are having a good weekend. Happy Saturday as we are recording this the day after SmackDown. And before we get things started, make sure to follow PW Newsroom for all your up-to-date wrestling news. Make sure to check out 503 Sports where you want to get some cool XFL gear. Oh, man, that is the place to go. They have given us so much cool gear over the year that, man... We love those guys. So make sure you go and show them some love. Help them out during these hard times. Make sure to follow our new YouTube channel and our new Facebook page. Yes, we finally got on Facebook. And before we get started, as you know, this is the SmackDown edition. So we're going to be talking about five storylines going on in the ring, two backstage stories, and our personal favorite heels of the week as each host picks a heel. With that said, what do you think? What do you guys say we get started and go on? With the number one story of the week, Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt finally meet face-to-face. This rivalry got even better this week as these two monsters, one in a mask and the other who just happens to be a monster, among men, as it were. The matter in which Bray attempted to sway Braun Strowman to return to his family was absolutely engrossing, guys. I was just sucked right in. As Bray and his puppets repeatedly begged Strowman to return, it seemed for a few moments like maybe Braun was actually uh, doubting himself a little bit. If you look in his eyes, he kind of looked like a kid, a child being compelled by his parents to return home. I really got a bit of a Frankenstein vibe throughout this whole promo. Like, Bray Wyatt is Dr. Frankenstein, and Braun is the monster of which he created, and he definitely let him know that. Thanks to there not being a crowd right now, like making the most of not having an audience, this was definitely the moment for it. And it was just little subtle moments, such as Bray Wyatt pulling out the black sheep mask from seemingly nowhere. I really liked that. And then seeing the puppets like pop up in front of the screen, like as if they're right there with Braun Strowman, all this stuff is really well done. But the question now is... Will this match feature the Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt, or are we going to get The Fiend? Because I don't know if you guys noticed, on the fight card, it had Bray on the cover next to Braun, but he was in his red sweater and everything. So which which, uh, Bray Wyatt are we going to get? Are we going to get The Fiend, or are we going to get Mr. Rogers? We are going to get Bray Wyatt, Mr. Rogers version at Money in the Bank. Reason behind it is that Bray Wyatt has not been threatened too much from Braun, based on the storyline, to make him, you know, call out the theme. Um, there is some speculations and rumors that the Fiend will, of course, may pop his head in and out next month to the buildup of next month's pay-per-view. And there's not been no confirmed reports yet, but there's been ideas where Bray is going to try to find past 
like find Sister Abigail and the connections of Sister Abigail being a current WWE superstar that's very close friends with Braun Strowman. Um, maybe you fans will know who they are. They're called Team Little Big. Um, there's so much speculation and rumors of this match. Yes, I know all of us who are WWE fans want The Fiend. They don't want Bray Wyatt. Um, but you have to remember The Fiend was not around when Braun Strowman was a part of the family. It was Bray Wyatt. Yes, we might get a taste of it at Money in the Bank, but I do not see The Fiend making an appearance. Even though he is technically from what I've read, I think it was from Dave, not Dave Meltzer, um, I think the Wrestling Reserver. Every time The Fiend is on television on SmackDown, their ratings get a big boost. People love The Fiend right now. They want more of him. And having him not be at Money in the Bank, I think it's kind of stupid, seeing that this car that we have seen at Money in the Bank so far as today, it's not what you like to call a must-see pay-per-view. It's kind of dull besides maybe the ladder matches. But this story between Bray and Braun, like we said last week and the week before that, it's been years in the making. It's starting to show its dark side a little bit. And I don't care what people think. Bray Wyatt, whoever he did, how he changed his character to where he is today, has saved his career and has made SmackDown enjoyable to watch. And Braun Strowman, you can see backlash from people about, and you know behind the scenes, like fans who are now getting sick and tired of Braun Strowman. I've saw tweets on social media. Really? That, yes. Already, they're already getting sick and tired of him. It's How? Only a, it's only been a month of his title reign. Um, I understand that Drew McIntyre is getting the same type of criticism as well. Um, people are saying that the, the, the in SmackDown, the Bronk person has the belt. And I've been like, yeah, it'd be nice with Bra- uh, to have Bray Wyatt have the title. He already did, and he lost it at, what was it, at some, not Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah he, he lost it to Saudi Arabia. Was, he lost like, to Goldberg. Was that like a like crown jewel or yep. one of those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To Goldberg, a guy who's only here for, what, two two cups of coffee and two sugars, and that's it? That's what a way to somewhat bury a character, but yet you get him in the spotlight. But I'm not going to rant on Goldberg here. Bray Wyatt Strowman, we are going to see Bray Wyatt's character in this one. I'm going to tell you, tell you all, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care. Well, I don't know why I'm saying ladies because 100% of our viewers on Anchor are men, but we're still saying that. We're being respectful. <laughs> we're trying to expand the demographic, <laughs> we're, and we're we are struggling at that. We're, 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 we're trying. Um, but hello, ladies. Yeah, wow, Venus <laughs> up in here. Nice. Oh, um, thank God you're not doing a barrel, barrel, barrel. show is sausage fest. <laughs> um, yeah, but we're going to see Bray Wyatt Sunday, and over the next month, you'll start seeing the Bray Wyatt character, you know, encompass the fiend for backlash next month. where Bray Wyatt slash the theme will beat Braun Strowman at Backlash next month for the title, not this time around. Yeah, I guess one way you could take it is that because Bray Wyatt now is pretty much like two people, or at least one person and a demon, 
it could be that this is strictly a Bray Wyatt thing and the demon, the fiend, hasn't really felt the need to involve himself. But once Bray Wyatt loses, if he is to be the Mr. Rogers uh, side of himself, that's when the fiend's going to step in. And as you said, next month, most likely, we'll take the title. Now, if he doesn't take the title from Braun, would that really actually hurt him? Like, losing the Braun Strowman, I don't think there's a lot of shame in that. Oh. What if The Fiend does take him on, but loses in the title match? The second second go-around. We saw The Fiend lose already. He lost to Goldberg. Yeah, but that was Goldberg. What I'm saying is that that hurt him. But if he was to lose to Strowman as the Fiend, would that hurt him in the same way as losing to Goldberg? I don't think so. Did did it hurt Finn Balor when he lost as the Demon? Uh, a little bit. But uh, you know what? No, I, I think the only reason why it did hurt him is because we were disappointed that he didn't show up as the Demon. Yeah. But the only time he showed up as the Demon is when he needed to you know, encompass that character. Mm-hmm. For the match, I forgot what match he lost. It was at a pay per view. It was last year. It was the debut of the Fiend, and Finn Balor was in his all white jock straps. That's right. And that pretty much killed him, and then sent him over to NXT. But he seems happy in NXT, so it worked out for everybody. Yeah, but it's. I'm just saying from what I've seen on stats or ratings from Wrestling Observer and other wrestling podcast and websites who have more connections than us what i mean about more connections we have none so <laughs> they have more connections than so us. we have connections i wasn't told of this yeah we have a UP, uh, usb connection and hdmi but that's about it that's the only connection we got but based on ratings from all these websites the fiend gets numbers on smackdown so when he's on and people are tweeting the fiend and hashtag Bray Wyatt on Twitter, they get ratings. And I think I don't want to bash Finn Balor, but honestly, I do think Bray Wyatt's fiend character gets more of a an interaction, more of a social media interaction with the fans than the demon has ever had. I don't remember Finn Balor's demon being as this popular as the fiend. I mean, it was definitely, but not on that level. Like, this is a whole new level. Yeah, and and Finn Balor never went after the big boys. Finn Balor is kind of like Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, whereas The Fiend right now is Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger made a ton more money than Leatherface. Leatherface has his fans. He's got his love and his place in pop culture in the same way the Finn Balor's demon has his place in wrestling culture. But, nah, yeah, I'm sorry. The Fiend is definitely the Freddy Krueger to the Demon's uh, Leatherface. Correct. But with that said, I think we've gone over that for uh, for enough time. Yeah, I, I thought that went pretty well. We aren't canceled yet. Uh, <laughs> number what, two. Was that a contract with somebody? <laughs> Shh. Oh, wait, I've, I've already said too much. Okay. Anyway, this week Mandy Rose showed a new side of herself. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Mandy Rose may have lost the match, but she did do some damage to Sonya Deville. Mandy came out like a tigress beating up Sonya like she owed her gazelle meat. The match started off a little little bit on the sloppy side, but once the match got some momentum, it was pretty damn good. And one of my favorite spots is when they're actually outside of the ring, 
And uh, Manny Rose throws Sonny Deville over the table, completely missing the chairs. It seemed like uh, Cole and Corey just rolled to the side, keeping the chairs. <laughs> They're like, nope, we're not having this destroyed. We want to stay comfy. And Manny grabbed Sonya, slammed her head into the table, and said, who's the bitch now, bitch? Like, I loved all that. This rivalry is getting more and more entertaining. And two years ago, I wouldn't have guessed that these two breaking up would be one of my favorite things going on on SmackDown right now, let alone the WWE. Uh, but what can these two do to actually get the storyline to the next level? Perhaps a good old street fight? I mean, when was the last time we actually had a woman's street fight? Could this duo be the one to actually do it? Could we see something like that? Can we? I don't want to be a person that... It will come off sexist here. But besides from Bray Wyatt, this rivalry right here is the best thing on TV for all the WWE right now. It's this Manny Rose versus Sonya Deville. This is the, for weeks since, actually I can't say for weeks. Yeah, yeah, four weeks. Four weeks ago. Even before that, there was stuff going on. We just didn't know it. Yeah, but... A street fight, I don't think we've had a street fight match. Actually, we've had, was Sasha and Charlotte a street fight match? Or was that no holes barred? Uh, well, I guess that was kind of like a TLC thing. But, I mean, like an actual, like, in the back, jumping off, like, dumpsters and stuff. You know, jumping off hoods of cars. Stuff like that. Like, I cannot remember the last time that happened. Maybe on yeah, NXT? It, Maybe? Pro- probably. Um, but this match is on SmackDown. I was really, really, really hope hoping that the WWE found a way to put this match to, on Sunday night's Money in the Bank um, pay-per-view. But it's it's that's one thing that just despises me and gets me angry about the WWE. You have such great talent storylines that are on your shows right now and you don't give them a day in the spotlight on a pay-per-view this right now is a shining example i could be wrong come sunday morning where we get a tweet from the wwe this is the match oh hello thank you we should have told us that on friday night or monday night when you know the pay-per-view is coming up but like what you're saying can this involve to a like a street five match or like a no disqualification type of match type of scenario i would love to see it because the ladies they've been doing everything from evolution to elimination chambers to uh, royal rumbles why not give them more chance of doing you know equal to the same amount as the men do in wrestling and this rivalry right here has been the like what you stated off air the juiciest rivalry so far on smackdown i think it's throughout the whole actual um, WWE right now. I, I Sorry, I don't watch NXT, people. I do apologize. There could be something going on in NXT. I don't, I, I don't follow it. I've been trying to catch some clips here and there. I saw Killer Crossman in his debut and yeah, that was holy just, crap, that, that was, was awesome. A, that was a boss entrance. I That could be one of the best entrances in, in the business right now. That was... Uh, I'm so glad they're treating him well because he came from Impact and 
I was like, and I liked him a lot in Impact. This whole Doomsday gimmick with the sunglasses was pretty cool. And when they brought him over, I was like, oh no, they're going to give him the EC3 treatment. I don't see this going. What? Hey, would you look at that? Cool. Yeah, I was, I was shocked. <laughs> Speaking of EC3, he's been like him and the, the Revolt or the Revival are apparently teaming up together to, to their next destination. They don't, they're not saying where they're going, but uh, my, I'm not going to say anything too obvious, but I think they're AEW bound. But that's not me being too obvious. Um, seeing that everything's connecting that way. But I love, I love it. EC3 should have done more in WWE, and he got treated like garbage. And he's actually damn good. Now, if you were to take the like 2005, 2006 EC3 and throw him in, okay, I can kind of see why they didn't push him. But he got so good over the years at uh, TNA Impact. Mm -hmm. He was so deserving of more than what he got, you know, a 24-7, three-second title reign. It's like, really? I mean, come on. Yeah, there, and also there's other promotions out there, not the big ones. You know, ROH, yeah. AW, New Japan, and NWA. There's a lot more stuff out there. There's more. I guarantee your city or the city our listeners are living in, wherever you guys are living, thank you for listening. I guarantee there's a local wrestling organization, and I guarantee you if you go there, you're going to find maybe one or two people you go, hey, you were here a couple years ago. Yeah. A lot of these people in the NXT level who don't make it on the NXT program don't even get out of the performance center. You might see them at these little, you know, local wrestling organizations. It happens. Um, unfortunately for EC3, he had the built, he had the stamina, and he had the style to be the next, I won't say next great thing, but he could have been a, you know, the next mid-card like the Miz type of mid-card level guy gets in the business and stays in that level like the Miz for about five years. They might have a run at a title, but we never got to see that chance because whatever's, you know, what's going on today. Um, but hopefully the Miz, not the Miz, hopefully EC3, and hopefully the other guys who were recently were let go by the WWE find new places to go. Um, a lot of talent was released, and they will be going to other promotions. Um, but... Let's go back to SmackDown. Let's don't. We gave we gave you love NXT. We gave you love. Um, but speaking of rivalries, we got a new one. Uh, Jeff Hardy made his return finally after weeks of teasing it. Jeff Hardy finally made it back, and as we expected, he was he was met by Sheamus. Uh, Jeff right now is clearly wearing his mistakes of his past on his sleeve, and I really do think that WWE has been doing a pretty good job of having Sheamus use that for storyline purposes lately. Sheamus did, uh, he let Jeff know that he used to be a fan, but he just can't stand seeing Jeff as a uh, adrenaline junkie trying to get a sip from the bottle that is the fans. And I actually, that that's cerebral that's very cerebral right there because it's really not that far from the truth jeff the jeff has always been a self-diagnosed adrenaline junkie like he just can't get enough of it and that's partly what you love about the guy but also why he gets scared for the guy and why he does seem to have a lot of issues but with that being said he's doing pretty well for himself these days and i'm so glad to see that of course uh you know back to the story it seems as though Sheamus, from his point of view, wants to put Jeff down for his own good. Kind of has a few shades of that Edge and RKO storyline from WrestleMania. 
but of course, he was unable to do that as, as soon as he got in the ring. Jeff just surprisingly took him down easily. This I didn't like. Everything was good up until he got into the ring. By having him get whooped like that, it just seemed like Sheamus' past squashes actually really, like, concretely look like a waste. And that also hurts the squash wrestlers because if Sheamus got squashed so badly, so quickly by Jeff, and yet Sheamus squashed the hell out of them, what does that say about them? You know, I just, I, I don't think that that was the right move. I'm looking forward to seeing what Sheamus does in retaliation, but is it going to be at Money in the Bank? Well, it might be at Money in the Bank because we found out on Saturday afternoon that Jeff Hardy has been placed in a match, pre-show slash kickoff show match at Money in the Bank as he takes on Cesaro. Um, Cesaro or Cesaro? I never Cesaro. heard of Cesaro. I just like I, I like to add the Z in there to make it a little bit more spicy. Sound more um, like he's a perpetual sinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a habitual so line stepper. <laughs> I'm a believer. Um, th- I don't know why WWE decided to make that match. Um, I feel like the WWE, uh, I know we as fans and we as people who follow wrestling know, like, man, we can't really see what we can you know, fully accept or accept at a pay-per-view due to what is happening around the world today, the pandemic that's happening around the world. We're not getting full rosters at both events, so the WWE can't have doesn't have enough time to put multiple storylines in each and every week. So we have a full nine to ten match card at a pay per view. We're starting to see what the pandemic has happened. That's you know put a toll on the WWE with only confirmed I think six matches so far. There might be one or two to get added during the show. You know you know backstage encounters that lead to something that possibly like a Mandy Rose and. Sonya Deville's uh, skirmish, possibly. Um, but Jeff Hardy comes back, little interview in the ring. Then Sheamus tries to blindside him, and well, fails. He, fails miserably. Just we've had three to four weeks of Sheamus being built up to take out Jeff Hardy. Getting mad at Michael Cole every time he mentions Jeff Hardy. Loved it. <laughs> and just like this, Hardy's back and bam, done. Squash. And yes, Seamus will we'll, we'll talk about this in our Money in the Bank preview episode. It's coming up pretty soon. Um, but shame if Jeff Hardy's going to be on Money in the Bank, Sheamus is not going to be that far away. Besides, Money in the Bank and is going to be in the same building as Raw and SmackDown have been the whole time. So, yes, Sheamus will be in the building. And it just makes you wonder why the hell they would, A, put Jeff Hardy in the pre-show, and why the hell he's going up against Cesaro. Like, it just doesn't are, seem to make much sense. Are they teasing the bar coming back together? The bar. Yes. We are the bar. Ah, that's a good point. I kind of forgot about that. It's been so long since we've seen them together. Yeah, and they also had one of the sickest intros. Yes, absolutely. I loved it. I, I love that intro they had, but it'd be nice for them to get... Actually, that's actually... Come to think of it, you get them back together as a tag team, mix the tag team division SmackDown, a little bit more exciting. Because they, right. they were they were drafted to SmackDown as a tag team. Yes, they were. And then Sheamus, unfortunately, got hurt. So, 
it'd be nice to see if the bar does come. But Cesaro is with uh, Shinsuke and Nakamura and King Corbin. No, well, for the moment, yeah, because Sami Zayn is injured. Yeah, but that's not really a, a, an actual stable. That's just a hey, we're putting something together to make it look good type of situation. Well, maybe it could just be like a temporary, a loosely, yeah, loosely together uh, stable, kind of like the uh, Allied Nations or whatever the heck that thing was <laughs> from back. Uh, I think that was in 20, 2016. That 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 whole thing that was designed to go after Roman Reigns. Alberto Del Rio and Rusev, Rusev and Cesaro and Sheamus, yeah. And I'm afraid I have bad news. League of Nations. Ah, uh, yes, that's what League it was. There we go. God, I know so much useless wrestling information. Well, we're doing something positive with it. We're purging yeah, it onto this show. <laughs> we're doing podcasts, so I can actually put it on the podcast now. Yeah, right. Well, so well, I guess we'll just have to see what the next chapter is. But just the booking for for Money in the Bank just seems a little a little baffling. The whole corporate ladder thing definitely is interesting. I think they probably have a home run idea with that. But then to just have this kickoff show where you have our truth against MVP for some reason, when That's you not, could easily put uh, Mandy Rose. It's and, not a kickoff. It's not a kickoff. <laughs> That's Good a main card Lord. match. <laughs> these these matches, they keep updating it. it. The updates and the, ah, good God. You know what? Let's move on to the next thing. This is this is driving me nuts. <laughs> See, Money and Bank's pissing you off already. We're not. Uh, I can't wait for this live stream. Remember, guys, <laughs> we are going to be doing a live stream uh, this Sunday for the show. So you'll be hearing our <laughs> celebration of frustrations new all at the same time. Too. We found out new technology that actually works a lot better than freaking Skype. What is this Zoom thing? I've never heard of it. Don't need to download useless programs that don't work on your computer, but I digress. <laughs> anyway, so Bailey and Sasha continue to be uh, to do a good job of putting Tamina over. Now, the odds of Tamina winning that Money in the Bank, I, I do think, are low. But Tamina is making the most of this title shot and push. She looked solid in the ring, except for that botched... Except for that botched splash of like oh god when she climbed up the ladder or not the ladder sorry the top rope that was just a it seemed like she was really struggling to keep her balance and two when she jumped off she just telegraphed so so clearly that she wasn't going to do the splash that it looked so awkward when she just jumped off and bailey kicked her in the face you know while she was laying down playing possum it just didn't go very well. Can we never see that again, please? Like, let's just not do that. I don't think Tamina is much of a high flyer. Maybe she used to be. I, I guess that she was because she would do her father's splash every now and then. But it's been a very long time since she had done it. And we saw why. And please don't seek me out and kill me, Tamina. You terrify me. I respect you. But just don't do that again. <laughs> um, by having Bailey and Sasha so scared of Tamina, it only makes her look stronger. The two of them almost decided to leave the match altogether, but of course, the All-American Lacey Evans said, screw that, and she just sent them back. I think that Lacey's actually been getting a pretty nice rub from all of this, uh, from this matchup, and they've been using what's been going on between Tamina, 
against Bailey, and Bailey struggles with Sasha with all their faux pas recently, and they've been weaving that very well with Lacey Evans. So this is, it's like we're getting two birds with one stone. I like the way the story's been progressing. Uh, you know, from the breakup that you know is going to happen, Tamina rising up, being the feel-good story of 2020 so far is one of the top unforeseen underdogs. And then you got Lacey still trying to finish her business with them after uh, they disrespected her daughter and continue to. So I'm definitely looking forward to what happens at Money Bank right now. But is this buildup working for you? Because I know that you've been on the fence before with the whole Bailey and Sasha thing. But uh, A, is the buildup gotten better for you or more accepting of it? And will we finally see the Sasha and Bailey breakup happen in my bank? Because I feel like if there's any time for it to happen, it should be then. It should be, but I highly doubt it's going to happen. Um, the reason why I believe that is because we haven't seen Bailey and Sasha really get desperate over each other yet. There's really no, no animosity. There's really no backstabbing or moves being used against each other. But there could be a spot that makes it, it's such a big what the fuck you know just gets so mad she just loses it like I feel like something could happen you never know. Like, Can Sasha say, pull off an HBK against The Rock during the first airing of SmackDown? Can or Sasha Marty pull? Yeah. Send somebody through a barbershop window. Mm-hmm. Or can Sasha Banks uh, do a Stone Cold Steve Austin against uh, WWF during ev- ev- Invasion? Yeah. Um, yes, work. there's a chance of that. Um, but I, I see how the WWE has been pushing Tamia in this. I didn't realize she's been in the WWE for almost a decade and hasn't had it built. It is absurd. Like everyone has been in the company for ten years, has had the belt, a belt of some type of championship at least once. But then again, you've only had the, like the women's women's title for Raw and SmackDown, and at a point, the just the Divas Championship. She didn't really was she NXT or she never went to NXT. No, nah, NXT didn't exist at that time. Yeah, so ECW did. Um, sorry, WWECW. Um, but. She's never gotten her due. And it just amazes me that she's been dedicated to the WWE for 10 years. Yes, she does have some family background, some Hall of Famer family background, just not no regular average Joe. I see how this match and how this has been building up. Yes, there's always, you know... An alpha against an omega type of scenario. You always have the negatives of any positive. We see that the positive in the women's division in SmackDown is Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. And the negative over the last couple of months has been Bailey and whoever she's been facing. Um, I'm not bashing Bailey. I'm not bashing Sasha. I'm just, it feels like we've seen this story before. It's been. Just like a nightmare in your head that just won't go away because it's still the same story. And you're going, oh, oh, they're ready to break up. Nope, just kidding. And then we repeat it again. We've seen it. We've seen Bailey and Sasha do that against uh, Alexa Bliss. We've seen them against doing it against Ruby Riot. We've seen them doing this against Charlotte. And the list goes on and on and on. Tamia, yes, 
10 years in the company, hasn't done anything or hasn't been given anything or an opportunity to become that. Well, yeah, she's seen... definitely dealt with injuries and yes. the unfortunate awkwardness of her father and his legal troubles. Yeah, correct. That didn't help either. No. But would I be surprised if Sunday in Gorilla then says, congratulations to me, and go, you got, you're going to win this. This is how you're going to do it. Would I be surprised it happens? No. I won't be shocked. But if, to me, it does win the title, it will spark the end of Sasha and Bailey because it will something will happen between them two in a match that will make Tamia win. And Lacey Evans, of course, will be around the ringside somewhere. I think Lacey Evans' involvement with Sasha, which will be outside the ring, uh, will cause a distraction, may affect Bailey. May put Bailey in the situation where she gets, you know, distracted by a kick or whatever. And to me, it wins. Or Sasha just has enough of it and, you know, pulls a Stone Cold Steve Austin or an HBK and just rocks Bailey out of nowhere. It makes to me a win. It. Um, it's just they're not giving to me the same opportunity slash uh, build up like they did with another lady of her size, like Nia Jax. Um, but Nia Jax also was one of their own. They groomed her from the NXT. But you would think that somebody that's the daughter of Jimmy Snuka would actually be given that chance long before somebody who... Of, of course. Yeah, has, hasn't been on the roster long enough and is still green and is injuring people. Yeah, I don't think that, I've heard of Tamina injuring people like that. Yeah, even though that Nia Jax has family relations or connections to The Rock, I think she's like a cousin to The Rock's family. Um, oh, I so there is, a, but she is no, you know, Rocky Maivia to Rocky Johnson. There's no that type of connection. Um, but if they give Nijax all these opportunities because they groom her, and they didn't get to me at this, I think like what we stated, I think it's her father, legal trouble, and not giving her the the exact time to shine. But seeing that we're, I think this this is like the first time we've actually seen her in a meaningful match in a pay per view in oh. a long time. Um, especially a the, title match. I think there was a short period where her and Naya were together, but she wound up getting a concussion, yeah. and that took her out of commission yeah, for a I, while. What, what's the podcast I listened to a couple of weeks ago? The Shooting you know, Gallery I, Wrestling Podcast? Man, I wish, yeah, I listened to our stuff. You should, too. Um, <laughs> they were interviewing Nia Jax. Yeah, I think it was like Proving Ground or something like that. It's a YouTube series. And I think I heard about I, this. And Nia Jax said that the Saturday before one of their pay-per-view events, um, Road Dog, I forgot his real name, Jesse James. Um, he, at the time, was the guy in the back that did all the decisions who's going to win the match. and gives it a pass to Vince and makes Vince then goes, yeah or nay. They were going to give Tamia and Nia Jax the tag team titles when the women's division got the tag team titles. Mm-hmm. 
But because Tamia got her concussion or an injury, they had to give it to Sasha. And guess who? Bailey. Bailey. Again. Um, it's. I, I just sit back when I look at Tamia. I didn't realize she's what she was in the business. She's in the business. She's been in the business almost a decade in WWE. It has zero significant titles. If they give her the title Sunday, I'm not going to be mad because that's 10 years of a long ass wait in which other superstars her age that have nowhere near the connections that she has with the WWE had multiple title chances, multiple title reigns, and while she just was the the bystander. It's almost like she's the female Kofi Kingston. True. But she'll never she'll never be as popular as Kofi or she'll never be as popular as Bailey or never be popular as the man. Well there's only one way to find out and I'd say the the only way to really yeah. discover that is to give her the title. And, and also damn, what sucks is that we're not in it. Yeah. Also, what sucks is that we're not in arena, so we don't know how the fans are reacting to Tamia. We don't know if she's over with the fans. Now, if we were in like sold-out arenas, and Tamia is doing this and she's getting a pop, then yes, we can compare her to the other past champions. About is the is the is the fans bite into it? We don't know because they're not being they're not in front of the fans. Mm-hmm. So that's the downside of not being in an arena. You don't know how how these characters will be working over a crowd, or if a crowd is bought into their character. So, yeah, we don't know how the story would be in relation to what it would have been, let's say, this time last year. Seeing that will have been the reigns by then, or back then. So it you just don't know. But hopefully, if they give it to Tamia, it's because of the ten year dedications. And I hopefully, if Tamia does win it, there's chaos between Bailey and Sasha. We have to somehow break them two up. Sasha has not been Sasha or Boss Man since she's been with Bailey, and that's been well, almost like three years now. Well, I think that as a heel, she technically the, is, but yeah, because because she is the number two to Bailey's number one. It, yeah, I mean, she's not 100% boss, but because she is heel, I still consider that boss-ish. Uh, yeah, and she'd be yeah. also great as a face, too. If Sasha becomes back to a face, but still gets her boss attitude, like the, what was it, WrestleMania, when they were in Dallas, when the uh, women headlined. 32. 32, when they headlined WrestleMania. She yes. was a face. Charlotte was the heel. And who was the other one? Becky? Was she the other one in that match? Uh, was it Becky, it was, Sasha, and Charlotte? Women's title? I do believe it, it was a triple threat. and Oh, it was Alexa. It was Bliss, Sasha, and Charlotte. And, and actually, wasn't that the WrestleMania where Nia Jax won the title? Yes. After the whole bullying storyline, which was pretty damn good. It's funny, whenever I think of that WrestleMania, I always think of the uh, Roman Reigns and Triple H match. That's the first thing that pops in my mind. But then again, I'm a huge Roman Reigns fan, so what can I say? But as far as, like, uh, yeah, not hearing the crowd for Tamina, that that is definitely a negative. But on the positive, we don't have to hear awkward chants of CM Punk, CM Punk. And speaking of awkward, the six-man tag team match that ended SmackDown really left it on an awkward note. 
Although this match definitely had its moments, especially when everything became chaotic before Baron Corbin won the match, this just really wasn't the best way to send us home before Money in the Bank. And I, I do feel bad saying this because so far, I'd say that this was a pretty good episode of SmackDown overall. But... This just uh, it, it didn't do it for me. The The match ended for no good reason when there was a battle going on to get to the top of the ladder to pick up the briefcase, but this whole thing was pointless. It, it just didn't make any sense. And the last time I checked, Money in the Bank is on Sunday, not on Friday Night SmackDown. The whole segment I just really felt was stupid and unnecessary. Corbin, though, was able to get the most out of this by far more than anyone. He definitely came across as a, as a force, but he just, I, I, I didn't understand the logic. Why well, was like, oh, look, he's climbing up the ladder. Now we all have to climb the ladder. Yes, let's do it. Wait, what? You guys are idiots. Save yourselves for Sunday. I, I get why WWE would do this like as a preview for Sunday, but it just didn't feel like it was needed. All we needed was a good tag team match and maybe have the guys actually not even a maybe just have the guys fight in other parts of the performance center and just end the show on that with total chaos like because that would give you a better idea of what kind of match it's going to be in the corporate headquarters uh i i just don't know what they were i i don't know why thinking that having an impromptu non-official ladder match at at the end of it was a good idea am i wrong here or did you enjoy because for me i just thought that the whole thing was dumb what like showing the actual ladder match on smackdown before money in the bank no there's something wrong with that um just just a great way to just dole that match for us on sunday it's (sighs) it's you don't tease the fans with pie by giving them pie you tease them by you give them a, you know, a slice. It's got to be logical pie, though. Logical pie. Um, I need this to make that a, into a like, t-shirt. Yeah. And the mysterious partner, the mystery partner, at the end of the show. Oh, Otis. Why? Why is Otis even in that match? Uh, Otis is actually in. Well, he's been in that Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville rivalry. I understand why he is. Well, because Corbin was talking trash about him. He was talking about all of his opponents, and Otis happened to come up. He said that, you know, he's shoving all kinds of fat and cholesterol into his veins and whatnot. Like, he did absolutely 100% insulting him. So, I don't know. I thought it was kind of clever of that. But the fact that they try to act like we wouldn't know that it was him was so dumb. And if especially had... having Daniel Bryan and... Drew Gulak. And Drew Gulak talked to him in the backstage early in the show. He's like, hey, what are you doing later in the night? Oh, I don't know. Like, She's doing okay. He's a little upset. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, she's pretty late. I can't do his voice. Um, but for a go-home show, SmackDown, right before Money in the Bank, the first pay-per-view of the New Year cycle, this is how you close it out. Yes, we do know that Baron Corbin got on top of the ladder. Just makes me wonder if he's actually going to win the ladder match on Sunday. And then if that does happen, who in the hell is he going to do? Was he going to do the same shit he did a couple years ago? 
fail to cash it in? <laughs> I don't think so. I, th- I think he has far too much goodwill right yeah. now. If he was to win, I don't think Vince is going to bury him. And I I thought about that to myself for a moment. I was like, how would I actually feel if he won? I Actually, I'm okay with it. If he was to win, I think the gimmick of uh, Mr. Uh, King Money in the Bank, mm-hmm. it's such a unique opportunity. Like, imagine the merchandise for that. Not that I, I don't know how much merchandise he moves, but heel fans might actually get a kick out of that. And this could be the beginning of an expansion on his already outrageous gimmick. Yeah. His uh, his heel character is, or has been, or is, still currently, been one of the top heel characters in WWE since he was... He was a face in NXT. He wasn't a heel back then. He was like a disgruntled face. Like, yeah. yeah, he wasn't really bad, but just stay the hell out of his way. Nobody uh, understands him. He plays by his own rules. Nobody's rules but his own. Renegade, essentially. Yeah, true. It's it's a match that you didn't need to happen to close out SmackDown. Because you already get the match on Sunday. It's the same as the tag team match that we had. With the New Day, no, the yeah, New Day, Forgotten Sons. We had the, a preview of that on SmackDown too. Um, and why would you want to climb the ladders when, by climbing it up and taking it down, you don't get anything? There's nothing in it. Yeah, ah. it's, it's just uh, those are props. Those don't. Those are no contracts in there. Well, yeah, I mean, we <laughs> we know that, but I'm yeah. just saying, climbing the ladder on Friday, not during the pay per view. Possibly storyline wise, injuring yourself just to climb up that ladder and grab a briefcase and say, Hey, I got the briefcase. And then you put it right back. What? Like, no, there's logic and then there's wrestling logic. And that yeah, it, didn't make any wrestling logic sense. This, uh, I know we bashed or I bashed Raw big time this week, but Raw and SmackDown ended their go home weeks for a pay per view. Crappy. Ooh. Uh, no. Murphy about. versus McIntyre Mac, uh, and this. Eh, he could have done something better. But I. Yes, the matches themselves weren't crap. They were actually pretty entertaining. It's just the idea of SmackDown having basically shown you what the ladder match is going to be. And we're all going, uh, we really don't. Here's what our champion's going to do with Seth Rollins coming back. Uh, I see what they were trying to angle and push, but I felt like they didn't capitalize it to a point where people would be like, you know what, I'm going to pay my 50 bucks to put up for the pay-per-view. Or if you have the WWE Network, you can get for free if you sign up now and whoever. Hey, um, nice promo there. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I, I I've already paid for this month, so my nine dollars goes to the pay per view. I've um, paid every month since 2014. Oh, look at you! Do you need a reward? Maybe we mm-hmm. could give you a useless award like the United States Championship. Um, I actually that's kind of funny uh, to say no. that because I have that belt signed by the Green Ranger. <laughs> there you go. See, you already got the belt. Um, but. I just felt like this match was, hey, here's what the Money in the Bank is going to be all about. But wait, 
why wait for the money in bank where we could just give you the the freaking match right here? Um, but it's we can't have everything like we want. We can wish all we want. We're never going to get it. This and, is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully, with that last image on SmackDown with Baron Corbin at the top of the ladder, holding in the briefcases. Let me warn you, ladies and gentlemen, I do like Baron Corbin. He's one of my favorite guys, wrestling guys, because he's a heel. Because I'm a big fan of heels. I just don't want him to win it. We're in different boats right there. I'd be absolutely okay with him winning it. Well, I want someone else to do it. But you won't know my pick, ladies and gentlemen, until you click on the next video, which is our Money in the Bank preview slash predictions. But yeah. Well, with that said, we should... SmackDown just gave me a bad taste, but... I, well, I think that this is a good way to segue into our backstage news because uh, I think there's been varying degrees of disappointment between Raw and SmackDown. And SmackDown has actually now become the number one show as the ratings rise. Right, Raw might be considered the number one show and it has been for so long, but it's become very clear, especially in recent weeks, that it is no longer the case. And I think when it comes to disappointment, uh, this week was a beautiful example of it. Just plain to see it. Now, while SmackDown may have left a bad taste in our mouths to end the show, it was still overall a pretty damn good go-home show, except for that whole ladder thing. Whereas on Raw, a lot of the a lot of what happened on that show just wasn't very engrossing. You know, it just was very blasé. So, in that regard, yeah, Raw was an absolute disappointment. And SmackDown ended on a disappointing note, but there's varying degrees to it. Yeah. But earlier today, it was announced that Raw got 1.6 million views. But SmackDown actually got over 2 million views, which was up 8% from last week. This could be definitely a sign that it's not actually the lack of fans that's the issue, but it's good storylines. SmackDown for months now has had the better writers. Ask yourself what story you'd rather watch right now. Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins or Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman? Personally, I would go with the latter as I feel that the Rollins feud has lost a ton of steam. And Wyatt and Strowman just keep getting better and better. So why is SmackDown getting the job done but Raw can't get it together? You want me to go on my rant or no? <laughs> Why not at this point? We're already well, here. Well, Just try well, to keep it in a timely fashion because we're almost at the end. Uh, and we're going to be here forever. <laughs> we don't get it down a bit. Uh, I won't go to chapter one. I'll start around, you know, episode four. Oh, um, Star Wars style. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> a little Star Wars plug there. A new rant. Uh, <laughs> a new hope, hopefully. Um, Snackdown, in my opinion, since they've gone to Fox. They have been a much better produced show. Two hours is a hell of a lot nicer than three hours. I love Raw. I appreciate Raw. I grew up on Raw. But Raw, in my opinion, was better when it was two hours. Um, yes, I do know why they went to three. Because the USA. That's contracts. That's money. I understand why they did it. But since Fox got... SmackDown. 
Their ratings have consistently been equal to a little bit higher than Raw. And right now, the reason why SmackDown is getting better ratings is because of, of course, nicer, nicer, more juicier storylines. Like The Fiend versus, crap, John Cena before the WrestleMania. Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose. You know, the New Day gets good and falling. New Day still makes money for the WWE. So, and then, of course, Braun Strowman. And when everyone is healthy, SmackDown, in my opinion, has their three biggest money makers in the business. That is the New Day, uh, Roman Reigns, and The Fiend as of and, now. And now they have Jeff Hardy back. Another yes. money maker. Um, but why is Raw, why is SmackDown getting the job done? My personal opinion is that I just may take a shot at a lot of WWE fans. So I guarantee we have a couple of listeners that like our comments, especially one guy who likes my rants, uh, saying that uh, about certain shit that I go on rants with. But <laughs> but he's like he's like he likes us. Lex, he actually commented nicely on our. I thought he was spam on YouTube. Um, I think it was a direct message. Yeah, it was. A, it was a comment. Was it YouTube? Could have been Anchor. I gotta look up again. Well, regardless, uh, it was a it was a message. He goes, "I like your guys' podcast because you're fans and you dog the company when it needs to be dogged, and you call them out on their BS when it needs to be called." Out. I said, well, "Thank you. That's we're just fans who have grown up to this thing." Um, but this is gonna sound a little harsh, but don't take this as bashing the WWE. The reason why SmackDown's a better produced show and it's night and it's better rating show is because there's less time for them to put bullshit in this and on air. There are times where he's on Raw, you get three or four segments, you go, do you really got to put that in there? As in, yeah, I really don't want to see AJ Styles looking at somebody walking down the hallway from Melian's storyline. Like, that's just an example. Like, Raw, we've known, you've, I guarantee you've known Carlos this, or seen, and I guarantee you, all the WWE fans have seen this, if you watch wrestling over the years, that Raw, at times, since they've gone three hours, there's always one, two, maybe three segments in there. You go, do we really need to put that in there? Do we really need to do that? That could just been put out, eliminated from the episode, and would have saved 45 minutes, 30 minutes, and you would have had maybe a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour show. I'm happy if Raw could be a two-and-a-half-hour show. I won't mind. Three-hour, I think, is a little bit too long. But the reason why I think another thing, in my rant, the reason why SmackDown, in my opinion, gets better ratings Ooh, than Raw. There. Apologize for that. <laughs> What's the total? Yeah. What happened? Uh, no, you cut out for a moment there, but there isn't much that uh, we can really do to fix that. Oh. For, I, for a couple of seconds that, there. So... No, you're fine. You, you were like just like four seconds off. But the point uh, overall. Oh, the point yeah. overall is the reason why SmackDown gets more ratings than Raw at the moment. It's because they're on local television, and it's two hours, and there's less bullshit on TV. And you get three big moneymakers on the program, and one of them is The Fiend, who is right now hot for WWE. That's why. I, I'm not bashing Raw, but Drew McIntyre does not spark the flames like The Fiend does. And Seth Rollins, Jesus' character, even though I enjoy it and I like how it's being built... A lot of people don't like it because it's trying to force religion down people's throats, 
even though it's not going to be it's not being religious. So that's it is, why. It, oh, for ahead. them to say it's shoving religion down their throats, those are people that never watched the HBK and God tag team match against uh, Shane McMahon and Vince McMahon. Now that's, that is that's, shoving religion. That I. <laughs> That is, yes, that is. What pay-per-view was that? I do believe that was like either Judgment Day or Backlash. Backlash 2001. No, it wasn't 2001. That was around 2004, maybe 2005. That was after uh, Shawn Michaels had become a born-again Christian and whatnot. Because uh, in 2002, he returned as one of the members of the new NWO. Oh, okay. So it's 2004 Backlash. Mm-hmm. I believe that's when he kicked out Booker T. That was kind of awkward. Booker oh. T as the leader of the NWO. Yeah, that, but, that was a thing, people. <laughs> but that is my opinion on SmackDown. What is your opinion on SmackDown? We got we we you introduced the subject, but we never got your actual opinion about it. Well, yeah, I think that the story, well, not the story, the structure of Raw is definitely a problem. It they bloated out with just pointless stuff as you put but i also just think that maybe paul Heyman doesn't have as much control over raw as we think that he has because he's got total control of smackdown and he allegedly has control of raw but yet both brands feel so different from each other raw feels more like the late wcw nitro versus the far more current SmackDown, like it's the good SmackDown. It's that SmackDown that you got back in like 2002. Like it's much closer to that quality. And I think that Vince could very well still be a big problem where he loves his creation raw so much because let's not forget that even though he produced SmackDown, he obviously put the money up for it and whatnot. He runs it. That wasn't his creation. SmackDown, who came up with that term? It was The Rock. So, really, he doesn't look at SmackDown, I don't think he ever has, as his, like, big baby. And Raw is definitely his baby. And he may just be far too overprotective, because how many times do we hear about him just throwing scripts out just before Monday Night Raw starts? And he rewrites everything. You don't really hear it about it as much on SmackDown. It's possible that he does, but I think it's just as much possible that he doesn't care as much about SmackDown. Like, oh, it's over there. It's making its money. We're good. Okay, Raw. We got to focus on Raw. And he just yeah. steps all over it. So I think that is definitely one of the bigger issues. Well, we, we've known throughout the years that the biggest Raw episode every single year is the Raw after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. That is has always been Vince McMahon's is he knows if he puts on a good show of Mania, he can make that three-hour episode of Raw the following week or the following the next Monday oh, night. Yeah. Epic, and everyone will tune into that raw. He'll get a rating like a three nine, whatever four one, because it's raw at the mania. We didn't get that this year. SmackDown Maybe. and SmackDown, of course. Only, SmackDown's only been on Fox for what since about? October. Yeah, it's only been a couple of months. So, um, but I think SmackDown. I think their contract with Fox is a little bit more lucrative than the contract with USA. Very much so. So that's the reason. I think that's one of the reasons SmackDown right now is getting more of the uh, the push because of the contract and because of the money involved in it. 
by seeing how well SmackDown's been running, I think that he's just taking his eyes off the ball. There, maybe not, obviously not completely taking his eyes off the ball, but he's <laughs> allowing it to go on autopilot. Whatever's going on is working, but with with Raw, he might be trying too hard to fix a runaway train. Just let the train do its thing eventually. Trust in your engineers to figure it out. And I don't think that he's been handling that very well. But I do think that we got to move on to the next subject because we really had a good nerve there. (laughs) AJ Styles evidently is not very happy right now. It was reported last week that AJ Styles is... In fact, not is is in fact not happy with WWE releasing his good brothers, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. I was like totally struggling to get my damn words out there. The two of them were on the WWE's massive purge, the likes of which had not been seen since the nineties when WWE was releasing a lot of people due to the struggle against WCW. Now the OC, not the show, came to an abrupt end when they got released, leaving AJ all by himself. But hey, you know, at least they did go out on the on the boneyard match. You know, if you're gonna go out, boneyard match ain't too bad, ain't too shabby. But and, you know, it was known to us for a while that the Good Brothers wanted out from uh, wanted out from WWE, and it didn't look like they were going to. But since they've been losing money left and right, thanks to the Rona situation, uh, they they let them they let them go. That was it. So this definitely had to have put AJ Styles in a tough spot. As he, you know, he loves his bros, but he's also loyal to the WWE. But will this loyalty actually last after his contract ends? And will he join his brothers wherever they are two years from now? I remember not that long ago, maybe it was about four or five months ago, AJ said that he was going to be finished after his contract runs out with WWE. The one that he's currently on that I think runs out, yeah, in 2022. Could the fact that his good brothers are no longer with him for the ride, is that going to make him change his mind and go and follow them? Has this completely changed what could have been the end of his career and is now prolonging it? Well, honestly, uh, we can't really make that assumption. uh, Because we don't know what superstars will do when their contract expire because we see it all the time in the WWE wrestlers that leave the company. I'm never going to sign back with the WWE again. They burned too many bridges one year later. Oh my God, he's, he's back. What a surprise. AJ styles, like many professional wrestlers who have been around the block. He's been in new Japan. He's been, in the ROH, he's been in Impact, he's been in WWE, has had a career where he's been loyal to the brand that he's been with. He's that type of wrestler that doesn't burn bridges. His buddies, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, mm. are, have been with him every step of the way. Yes, they unfortunately were let go, and yes, they've been very openly about leaving the WWE. Um, one thing I do know about the, the Anderson and Gallows is I did. Li- uh, I'm a guy who listens to a lot of podcasts, like you should be listening to us right now. Um, but they have their own little podcast, the Gallows and Aronson, which is actually pretty funny. I don't have the name of it in front of me. I should have had it. Um, but they had recently talked about the release of the WWE, and they said that they will not talk anything negative about the WWE because they felt like it was a mutual agreement. 
and they wanted to leave, and the WWE came to an agreement with them, and they wanted to leave on good terms. So there is an opportunity for them to return. But we do see tag teams. We do see athletes that leave the WWE, and what the first thing they do is bury the WWE. Um, we see that with you know some of the greats who leave the WWE, and they burn bridges. Chris Jericho, who is in the AEW right now, he left the WWE, but he never burned the bridges. Yes, there might be some disagreement between him and Vince, but Vince has always said he's more than welcome back to the WWE when if he wants to. Um, but when we look at Gallows and Anderson and we look at AJ Styles, this is just not a WWE-formed group. These guys were together in New Japan. These guys were together in ROH. And Impact has been everywhere. And AJ Styles not having them in the WWE will be kind of a transition type of phase. But I do believe if the style, if the OC wanted to get back together and there is mutual agreement between Aronson and Gallows, I do see them coming back to the WWE. It's one thing about that tag team. They, one thing I appreciate about wrestlers who live up to their contracts is that they can leave a certain company and leave on good terms. And five, six years from now, they can come back and then feel like, oh, this is awesome. I just don't like a lot of wrestlers that they leave on bad terms and they bury their former employer. And then they go to another promotion and they just completely withered out. Then that makes you wonder, maybe it wasn't the promotion that, that maybe it's not the promotion that got you fired. It's maybe you're the reason. But in this, this case, Carl Aronson and Gallows are—they're a hell of a wrestlers. Um, that they're the hell of a stable, and of course they went out in style. If you're last, I'm just gonna say this, Carlos. If me and you were tag team tag team partners, and we were in the WWE for five years, we asked for our release, and they said your last match is being buried with AJ Styles at WrestleMania in the business. Will you do it? Buried by the Undertaker. Buried by, buried by the Undertaker yeah. at, Wrestle, at WrestleMania. Yeah, I'd yeah. definitely take it. I'm in. Yes. Pour that dirt on me. Get that gravel in my hair. That's like being fired on Velocity or um, what's the other useless, uh, what was it, like main event that was on Saturdays? <laughs> Saturday night's main event. Saturday night heat. There's the other one. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah Saturday night heat had its moments, though. Yeah, you're not getting fired from that. You're getting, you're getting let go in your last match. Is at WrestleMania. Thank you. Where do I sign? It was a pleasure. At least I got the wrestle in WrestleMania. At least my name will be etched in history for the rest of the history of being at a WrestleMania card. Sign me up. Um, but yeah, I know AJ Styles. I, th- I think AJ had like his own gaming channel or something recently. He he, he was very openly about this about Galos and Anderson. Um, I think that was either his podcast or a gaming podcast because apparently he's a big gamer did not know that yeah and i remember he had like a crossover thing with um up up down down xavier woods mm-hmm. so um uh, yeah that's right it was one it was one of their twitch streams i think and that's they brought that subject up so um as fans yeah it, it sucks um but aj styles I was one of those guys who's like, he'll never come to WWE. He's always going to be Impact or something like that. And I remember watching that Royal Rumble, pick number 21. Who is going to be? I am. Who the hell is this? Phenomenal. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was the one screaming like a kid, like, oh my god, it's AJ Styles. Um, but yeah, it, it sucks that the brothers are not going to be together, but it is a business, and Luke and Carl were professionals, and that just means good things for them in the future if they decide to return back to WWE. Because one thing about Vince, he respects wrestlers who tell them the truth, who go out in good standings because he will go bend over backwards to get you back in if you want back in. Uh, that's why when people say about CM Punk, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a Vince. lot, a lot of work needs to happen for that shit, even though it's a good talking point about him and the hacker. But, yeah. Vince yeah. appreciates a consummate professional. Correct. But we got to move on to the final segment of the week, and that is our Heels of the Week. This one, yeah, that, this is going to be easy. It's going to be short. Bray Wyatt. Dun, 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 dun. Bray Wyatt was Dr. Frankenstein this week, and I loved it. We opened the show with Bray, and we're going to end it with Bray. And I'm just going to keep this short, like I said, as this week, it was just so damn obvious. Playing the part of the creator, telling his creation to come home is such a wonderful way to make him a relatable villain, and those types of villains are always the best. Because from his point of view, he's a father to Braun Strowman, and he's just bringing a son home. He's trying to take the burden of having the belt on Strowman away from him. He really thinks that he's being a good person towards him. And this whole thing shows you how you can take the concept of the title belt being a burden and make it work, unlike the Rollins feud, which is doing the pretty much the exact same thing. But it's completely floundering. So, with that said, my hat goes off to my pick of the week, Bray Wyatt. He's going to have, like, golden headphones, like, within a month or two. Because if he stays on this role, how are we going to pick anybody else as the top heel? How are we going to pick somebody that is the top heel of the business? I don't know, because The Fiend slash Bray Wyatt got the highest ratings for SmackDown this past week. And does, this is... make, does that make him your pick? Oh, of course. Oh, okay. Just want to make sure. He, because he is, what Carmella says, making money. Um, his storyline <laughs> with Bray... Uh, with a bronze, excuse me, is the father, the creator storyline. And it's something that you can see because it's been building for years. Three years, I think three years since when Braun became in league, but yes, not league, business. Um, but yeah, it's, who else? I would have said Seth Rollins, but eh, okay, it's a Messiah thing. Okay, whatever, but that's on Raw. But right now, it's either Celine Deville or Bray Wyatt or Baron Corbin are the three heels in SmackDown. And sorry to the other two. Bray is by far the, the more superior heel of the week. So, yes, let me in. It's my heel of the week. All right, all right. And I will say on a final note with Sonny Deville, I probably would have maybe considered her for heel of the week if she hadn't just gotten beat the hell up by Mandy Rose the way that she did. But still pretty damn up there. That was the number two story of the week. So there's something to be said for that. And with that said, guys, this is going to bring the end of the show. 
as always, we thank you very much for listening to us. We hope that you enjoy the ramblings of two dopes like ourselves just going over <laughs> one of our favorite things to talk about, which is pro wrestling. And uh, hey, we have as people always, out there that listen to us, so <laughs> we, appreciate we appreciate it, it very much. Um, make sure you guys stay safe. Don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but just always be safe. As always, please follow us on PW Newsroom. Make sure to follow 503 Sports if you want to get some cool XFL gear. Make sure to check out our new YouTube channel if you haven't already. And we're now on Facebook as well. If you want to talk with us, message us, whatever, that's probably the best place to do it. We're also on Twitter at PWNSGWP and at WrestlingMovieG. And with that said, guys, we'll see you very soon because we got a prediction episode for Money in the Bank coming up. And make sure to check us out on Sunday as we do our live stream. If you want to see our reactions, come join us. We're going to be right on there. Have a beer with us. Hang out. And with that said, I think that pretty much covers everything. So we'll talk to you guys very soon. And until next time, you're all fired. This is a copyright disclaimer. We do not own or have any affiliation with the WWE. This is just a fan-made show, and all musical credit for the intro go to Dance with the Dead. Please go support Dance with the Dead and the WWE.